Okay, well, please keep your Bibles open. Um, I'll be referring to it a bit, so please do that. So, have you ever been given money and asked to invest it straight away to make more money for someone else? Let's be real, probably not. Uh, but I've been given money and asked to look after it and to save it by my parents uh, when I was a little kid. But I didn't do that. I spent it on lollies or toys or whatever was in at the time. Uh, when my parents said I should have invested it in a car or shares or something to invest, they tried to explain, me, um, explain to me what investment and reward is. And today's passage is talking about how to maximise this investment or the investment in our lives today. So verse 11 seems to explain the context for this passage. The disciples and everyone else around were expecting the kingdom of God to appear as soon as Jesus arrived in Jerusalem. However, that's not quite the case and the parable tries to explain this in a rather subtle way to the disciples. So Jesus is telling those around him, what is to come, without exactly telling them. When Jesus arrives in Jerusalem, he's about to face persecution from society, crucifixion, and then he will be resurrected. But that being said, we have the whole Bible, so we know what's about to happen, unlike the disciples who have only just access to the Old Testament and what Jesus is telling them. So let's look at verses 11 to 15. We can see the servants are given opportunities a nobleman has, is going to be appointed king soon, so he calls these ten servants to give them ten minas, and it seems sounds about like one each. You might, and you might think, Nathan, well, what is a mina or mina? Well, at the time, it was a currency uh, and roughly about three months' wages um, for these servants. That, that's a lot, right? Imagine if someone gave you three months' wages um, to invest in them. That's not some small lump of cash. That's a big lump that you've been given. The nobleman asked the servants to make more money for him with his money. That's cool, but there's got to be something deeper than just investing money, right? Correct. The meaning could be considered similar to everything we're given from God. Gifts, blessings, faith, anything we're given from God. In verse 14, we can see some tension between the servants and the nobleman's people, and the nobleman himself. It's not just a little bit of tension, though, or subject, sorry. Uh, it's not just this little, little bit of tension, right? They hate him. The subjects were the nobleman's enemies. And they send some people after him to try to show him that how much they hate him and they don't want him to be their king. Does this remind you of any situations in the Gospels? Well, what about... The between Jesus and the Jewish leaders at the time. They hated him. They didn't want him to be their king. You can see this in uh, Luke 11, verse 53 to 54. Uh, we need to be different to, the, from, different to the Jewish leaders. We need to use opportunities given to us rather than abusing them. We need to use our opportunities to love Jesus and then to spread the gifts and blessings that we've been given to those around us. But so what are these, what are the consequences of using these opportunities? Well, let's get back to this parable. Uh, we can see that the servants each had different consequences for their actions. The first servant earned 10 mina for the one he was given whilst the nobleman was away. That's a fair bit of money he made for the king. And for this, he was rewarded with 10 cities to take charge of because the king trusted him with a little and now he can trust him with a lot. 
Let's think about this for a moment. So you've been given three months' wage previously. Now you've been given ten cities. Like, what kind of return is this? Think about it this way. You were given ten Melbournes. That's as big as the whole of Australia. And I did some number crunching last night and worked out that's about $10 trillion. So your three months' wages, let's say, just for numbers' sake, 25 grand, has turned to $10 trillion. And that's something like a 40 billion percent increase in what you were originally entrusted with. That's, that's, a, that's a big return, right? The second servant earned five mina from the one mina he was given. He was, and, and was given five cities to take charge over. Just like the first servant, he was given lots after putting little to work. Can you see the amazing generosity of the king? He tested these servants and rewarded them with so much more than they deserved. They didn't really do anything to deserve being given such a big reward. However, the third servant didn't do anything with this minute he was given. All he did was complain about the king, saying that he's a hard man. It sort of sounds like that the third servant thought that he knew the king, but I don't think he actually knew him at all. I think we can see that by looking at the other two servants. It looks like the king is not actually that hard. He actually sounds incredibly generous and loving, rewarding those that work for him. So if the third servant actually knew the king, then maybe he wouldn't complain like he does. So that could be similar to the opportunities that we are given from God, that we should be using our blessings, gifts, and acting on our faith to spread the good news of Jesus to everyone we can. We have a lot of blessings to share um, this news to everyone around us. We can, you could even say we've got minas to put to work for the kingdom of God. And I know a lot of you are putting, to, putting your mina to work, and I want to assure you that you'll be rewarded way more than the act of doing it. That Jesus' generosity is way more than we deserve. We don't deserve it at all. We just need to spread the word of God for our king and tell everyone we know about what Jesus has done for us. So after the third servant complains to the king, the king doesn't really appreciate this servant's response and takes the mina off him and gives it to the first servant. The third servant just does not understand the generosity of this king, that he is really generous for those that actually work for him. And this king rebukes his servant for covering up his laziness by blaming the king for his problems. When the servant could have just, you know, taken the mina to the bank, deposited it, and got some interest back for it. But I don't think it's just the servants that the king has stuff to talk about. He also talks about the subjects uh, being his enemies. There is nothing done towards spreading the good news, then they are in a dangerous position. Let's look at verses 26 and 27 with me. So it says, He replied, I tell you that everyone who has more will be given, but as for the ones who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who do not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Can you see the fate of the servants against the enemies? That sounds pretty dangerous, right? If you aren't on the king's side, then you're going to be way worse off than you could possibly imagine. You are the, the enemy of Jesus, not just a basic king, the king of the universe. 
So then what's the point of our faith if we don't use it? Like, if we don't use it, what do we get? We get judgment. That's what verse 27 is saying. We need to use our faith and gifts to build up God's kingdom. Otherwise, we are Jesus' enemies too. We can see this in James 2, 14-17, where it says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and the one who says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So without doing anything, our faith is dead. So then we are the enemies of our king. So what do we do now? Well, if you're an unbeliever, please give up being an enemy of Jesus. Come to the, come and join his team, the winning team. That way you can earn something from the labors, from your labors rather than them all being wasted. If you already trust in Jesus, then make the most of the opportunities that you are given. Be assured that Jesus will reward you and will reward us for our faithful service for him. That we can invest in the kingdom and use the opportunities that we have, no matter where we are in life. If we're married or single, we can minister to people in a similar marital status to us. Or we can witness to those at work, no matter what work we do, even if it's a desk job or on a farm or just a casual job at the local supermarket. We can witness to those around us. If we're parents, we can invest in the kingdom by teaching our kids or teaching other parents' kids about Jesus and what he's done for us. We need to share the good news of Jesus to everyone we know. We shouldn't just sit back and think someone else will do it. We just need, we need to get up, go out, and talk to them about Jesus, regardless of the risk. We, we need to go about the king's business, because if we did nothing, are we actually investing in the kingdom of God? We each have been given meanness from God, but it's not money. It's God's blessings. We've been given the ability to harvest, uh, invest in his kingdom and help spread the good news about Jesus and to share in the master's joy. And it's actually a privilege for us to be his servants. And at the end of the road for us, we'll be rewarded um, for the work we do for his kingdom here on earth. Just like in Matthew 25, verse 23, where the master says in the parable of the bags of gold, his master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful, faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. And we have that opportunity to share in our master's happiness and joy. So then, will you continue on the path of investing in the kingdom of God? I'll pray. Uh, loving Father, thank you for the privilege that you've given us to be able to invest in your kingdom. Thank you for the gospel and that we can spread to everyone around us. Please help us to invest in your kingdom. Please help us to tell everyone we can about the good news of Jesus and to not just sit idly by not telling anyone. Help us to use every opportunity that you have given us to tell others about your son and how he died on the cross for us. And I pray these things in your son's name. Amen.